Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. This is a pre-record conversation because in your new role as chair, Dr. Mary, mm-hmm. you have some new responsibilities. I do. I do. So Dr. Mary's at a meeting, technically speaking. This is recorded last night. It's kind of funny to talk about the present and future as the present and past. Yes. Whatever. So I hated quantum mechanics. Me too. Yeah, that's where I was. We're quantum mechanics and I really parted ways. Until then, we were totally in it. Um, anyway, we're having this conversation as a pre-record. I guess that's all you really need to know. But I also want to say so that I don't forget, we do not have anything happening this Thursday because we'll be out of town. And so we're just not doing anything on Thursday. And then next Tuesday is also a pre-record because... I have some... Uh, training to do in my new lofty your position. new role as chair of your department yeah mm-hmm. all right so anyway uh we hope you will stay with us um the alcohol experiment we're talking about that today by annie grace so we were first introduced to this from lana whiting uh i think in november of 2020 she was an early guest with us um she wrote a book called the this naked mind which is um all about this idea of going alcohol free without the shame of other programs like alcoholics anonymous Mm -hmm. which you don't view as being particularly shameful personally i I don't i'm i've met quite a few people who do which i actually i find surprising but you know um when I listen to them talk about it, I sit down and go, yeah, I can see that. But it it doesn't actually bother me. I will say, as someone who very briefly dipped her toe into Al-Anon, part of my problem was, don't tell me I have to talk about, you know, what a sinful, shameful, weak person I am and how I've sort of brought this on myself, blah, blah, blah. It didn't work for me at all in part because while on one hand i operate very well from shame uh i'm not going to feel shame for things i had nothing to do with i'm not saying i didn't have anything to do with your alcoholism i'm saying i don't need to chant and quote about my own shame around all of that whatever it's a different topic yeah the alanon thing to me the the way they follow it, like you were an alcoholic is kind of old to me, but you know, I, I've never really been to an Alan on meat inside. So I don't know. I barely have either. And just, just in case anyone is wondering, I am in a super crappy mood. It has not been my favorite day. Just had a bad day. Had a bad day. I even bonked my head on the top of Maz's car. I can't believe I still have hair there. I felt like I sheared off the top of my head. Uh, Dana also actually thinks my car is very, very small and on days where it's Easter Monday and it's freaking snow on the ground. I had a shovel. Anyway, all right. We don't need to start around my bad I got a new mug. Yes. You have to go in close so people can see it. 
Oh, look at that little planties from Hayden Swenson, who's a local artist. It's cute. It is cute. Uh, this tells you something about how far Dr. Mary has come. What color is this, Dr. Mary? It's orange. It's orange. Uh, if you don't know why that's a problem for an Irish Catholic, welcome to being an American. Uh, but, you know, this, this whole, um, the troubles in Ireland, which I'm not making light of because they were incredibly serious and have long, long lasting effects. But William of Orange, who was Dutch, right? Mm -hmm. Did some stuff in Ireland. And so Irish Catholics hate the color orange. I happen to love the color orange. Kind of but, that's why I got the mug as a homage to you. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, 20 years ago, Maz Mary would have picked that mug up in the shop and smashed it to the ground. I wouldn't I'd have gone that far. You would have yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And now you're purchasing it. So it's quite a quite an evolution for you, sir. It is. Anyway, we're talking about this book, The Alcohol Experiment, which is a 30-day alcohol-free challenge to interrupt your habits and help you take control. So I checked this out from the library because as we've referenced a bit, wow, I look enormous in this image. Oh my gosh. Ugh. This is hard on my ego after a bad day. She's having a bad day. I don't know how to even fix this. How's that? Can someone fix this in post for us, please? Yeah, we don't have a Yeah, we don't have a post. All right, anyway. Back to the subject at hand. I'm sorry. Uh, we're working on our own book. Working. I say that phrase very loosely because there would have to be time to work on a book. But I wanted to see what she had to say. Okay. I'm going to just go on record. I started this book on Saturday, I think. And it's a little bit why I'm in a grumpy mood. There is something about this book which I find super grating. And it's because it feels very bossy to me. And as previously just moments ago discussed, I don't care to be bossed. And it feels, and you might read it and go, there's nothing bossy about it. It feels extremely bossy to me. I don't know. I don't like it, actually. But there's an interesting idea that we're going to yes. talk about. And her philosophy is that this is a way that she stopped drinking, but that you could apply it to anything. And I think actually why I'm feeling bossed by it is for the very reason I just screamed out about how enormous I look. I'm feeling very, I don't know, unhappy with how I look these days. And this sort of made me feel like I was supposed to be bossing myself about some stuff I feel like I've tried to be bossing myself about and it's not working. This is probably an enormously failed conversation. Really sorry, if you're new to Daily Dose, it's usually better. I'm yes. really sorry. We'll, we'll get through it. It's good. Give us. <laughs> we might. Uh, give this as the preamble. Yeah. Just go watch an old one. If you're, if this is new to you, this is not what it's like. And so let me read you this acronym about ACT. Um, well, let me go back just a little because I think she talks about something kind of interesting. So if you've tried to give up or moderate your alcohol consumption in the past and failed, I want you to know it's not your fault. There's something going on you're probably not aware of. And once you understand it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be able to undergo this experiment in a meaningful way. 
it won't be just another failure of willpower. Okay, this is actually, I think, what's kind of bugging me about it is I know all this and I'm still struggling with it. So then what am I supposed to do? Okay. To understand what's going on, we need to explore a concept called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive means the way you think and dissonance means disagreement. So cognitive dissonance is when there's a disagreement in your thinking. Well, how can that be? You've got only one brain, right? Actually, your brain has many parts and they can come into conflict with one, an one another. But what we're really talking about here is your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is everything you're aware of. You're tired of waking up with a headache. You don't like spending your money on alcohol. Maybe your relationship is suffering or your kids don't even know you anymore. Because you're aware of those things, you make a conscious decision to stop drinking. But there's another powerful part of your mind, your subconscious. That's where you've stored a lifetime of subconscious conditioning and beliefs that by definition you're unaware of. Our subconscious mind controls our emotions and desires. And society's attitudes about alcohol are programmed and fixed in our subconscious mind by the media, our parents, our friends, and our role models. We don't consciously adopt these beliefs, they're imprinted on us. Take, for example, the belief that drinking helps you relax. That's a belief you formed a long time ago after careful observation and experience. You weren't born with that knowledge, but you watched your parents drink after a long day. You've seen movies and TV shows where characters drink to relax, and you've experienced it yourself and found it to be true. So you formed a strong belief that alcohol helps you relax. Here's the thing about subconscious beliefs. They're not always true. Okay, so she says some other stuff. Super interesting. Let's apply it to weight. Consciously, I know that if I eat too much, I'm going to put on weight. Subconsciously, I have all this other stuff going on where I use food because I'm bored or I use it because I'm tired or I'm frustrated or I feel like everything else is out of control. So I just freaking throw it all in and eat the seventh hot cross bun, for instance. That's conscious subconscious. Okay, so the ACT technique. ACT is an acronym for awareness, clarity, and turnaround. So do you want to say anything? Do you want me to read these one sentence things? Yeah, read the one sentence okay. things we talk about it after that. Awareness, name your belief. In the context of alcohol, this is your conscious reason for drinking. Simply put it into words. Alcohol relaxes me. Clarity, discover why you believe it and where it originated. You do this by asking questions, both of yourself and of the external evidence, and uncovering truths about your belief. What have I observed that supports this belief? What are my experiences with alcohol and relaxation? What do I mean by relax? Blah, blah, blah. Turnaround. This is where you allow your subconscious to let go of the belief, deciding if, after exploration, it is indeed true for you. There are two steps here. First, you turn your initial belief around and find as many ways as you can that the opposite of your initial belief is true. For example, if your belief is alcohol relaxes me, the opposite becomes alcohol does not relax me. Um, once you've done that, the final step is simply to decide if this belief still holds true for you and if it is serving you or if you would be better off letting it go. Awareness, clarity, turnaround. She says it's scientific. I don't think it's scientific. Do you think it's scientific? You're probably going to say yes. From a sociological or a psychological point of view, absolutely. I mean, oh, it's not okay. scientific and can you measure it and graph it? But, you know, there is dealing with your subconscious as the part of your brain that takes over as part of your addiction. It does actually. When I read the whole 
I mean, she talks about this in, for the first 18 pages. I read the whole thing today and it kind of makes sense to me. All right. So say more. So when um, when you think about the act, for example, alcohol relaxes me, um, you know, does it when you think about the clarity? Is that statement actually true? Do you need a drink um, to relax? What could you do otherwise to make you relax, you know? Well, and actually alcohol biologically doesn't. No. I mean, it both relaxes you and screws up all the stuff that just, relaxes you. Yeah. So it it relaxes you until it stops relaxing you. And then at that point, many people think, well, I'm starting to come out of my relaxed period, so I better have another glass. And that's where the problems yeah. come. It's also dose dependent as well. So um, things about that, then you start to go into the... Uh, the clarity of does this relax me? What else could relax me? And then you get into the turnaround bit. So in, 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 in actuality, if you sit down and think about it, alcohol will never relax you because um, if you think that you need it and then saying, well, maybe I don't need it, but your addiction or your subconscious is going to kick in and say, well, of course you do. And before you know it, you're actually drinking, even though you're trying not to. So you really have to, as she explains, sit down and think the whole thing through. And I, we do kind of talk about that. We talked about that when I was in rehab. You know, what did you used to do before you before you developed a drink problem to relax? You know, um, it's easier to sit down and drink than it is to go for a jog or a walk. Or if you don't have time to do anything else, you think, well, this this will do. Mm hmm. It is a quick fix in a very in the very short term. Mm, mm. I mean, there's a reason why even in, in any most films you see from any period, if someone has a shock, what do they do immediately? Mm. Someone pours you a drink and hands it to you. Like, Snap out of it, drink this. Which if you don't have a drink problem and you never drink, might actually work as long as you don't have another one. Sure. But then, you know, drinking cold coffee, if you can't stand cold coffee, will snap you out or something. Well, that's why I drink Coke when I drive yeah. and only when I drive, because it's just different enough from my day to day that if I'm sleepy, everything about it peps me up probably more um, uh, like as a placebo than anything. I mean, I know there's a lot of sugar and caffeine yeah. in Coke, but... It's the it's the whole experience of it. So when you think about the turnaround, there's, a, there's some nice bullet points here. I can just see, you know, when you when I this is some of the bullet points to turn around is does alcohol actually relax me? So alcohol actually ends up stressing me out because you end up with a hangover the next day. Um, alcohol actually prevents me from taking the action necessary to truly relieve the stress. So in that case. I'm not relaxed. I'm hiding behind something which is not allowing me to relax in the first place. When I drink, I'm more likely to be uh, get into an argument with my spouse and fighting is stressful. When I drink, I beat myself up about it the next day. And that's also stressful. So that's to turn about mm. thinking through the fact that what you're actually going to do because you always do it is actually not a stress reliever at all. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
which is maybe why it's irritating to me. Do you know what I mean? Because, like yeah. it, it's frustrating <laughs> to know this stuff, whether your problem is alcohol or whatever it is, because we all have a problem to varying degrees. It's frustrating to know this stuff and feel like you still don't have a handle on it. That's a very interesting point because I found I could sit here now because I've been sober for five years and read that and think, yeah, fair enough. Now, if I've been sober a week and read that, I'd probably get pissed. Not drink, but annoyed. That only matters in England. Yeah. We don't use that phrase here. I noticed that. Mm -hmm. I would be irked. <laughs> much as you probably are when you read that and that may be the the thing yeah. with some distance behind it and the cause and effect for that that it, to me that you, I, I can sit there and read that and go yeah all right fair enough yeah i think it's frustrating to have someone point something out that you know you know and have to admit that even though you know it you're not following it that, that is annoying i know that hot cross bun I just ate wasn't what I needed. I know that. This just sort of pours fuel on the fire of my own guilt and shame, which just exacerbates the problem. But when you've, when you've had a moment to, 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 to take a breath and then you reread it or give it a couple of days, then it does actually make more sense. When I've had a less sucky day. Yes, yeah. maybe. And that's a, another fantastic example of all, you can give someone all the advice they want in the world, but if you're listening and not hearing, then it does, does no one any good at all. I don't care for this conversation. And that is <laughs> because it's actually, it's too close today, lover. But it, it does actually make sense. And it does actually come back to that too, hearing and, and listening and hearing. Hearing and listening. As my junior high band teacher, Mr. Ingle, used to scream out at us, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. Well, my, my counselor used to say the same thing to me. So <laughs> there's something to that as well. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, we will see you next Tuesday for one more pre-record, and then we'll be back next Thursday. But this week we're out of town. So have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L dot -E com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.